This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. Hey, it's the Bartender Journey Podcast number 170. My name's Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. This time we're taking the show on the road. We're going to Black Dirt Distillery where they make Black Dirt Bourbon and Warwick Gin up in the Hudson Valley. And we're going to talk with Jason Buzaniti and Jeremy Kidda. Little different format today. We're on the road. It's a bartender journey field trip. We're headed to the Black Dirt Distillery to meet the distillers, and we're gonna try to do this show just on the fly, posted as is. A little different, no music and editing today. Uh, I don't have time for that anyway this week. Lots of stuff going on, and uh, we're gonna try to just manage it doing the whole show on the portable audio recorder. Pulling up to the distillery now, uh, beautiful Hudson Valley, Warwick, New York. And uh, let's see what we can see. This is a beautiful place. Hi, how are you? Can I help you? Uh, can you meet Jeremy? Brian? Okay. Hey, Jeremy. Hey. How's it going? Good. 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 Good to see you. Good. So we're actually in the middle of a distillation. All right. I don't know if... Yeah, um, great. I mean, it won't be good for any other audio, but yeah. to get... I don't know if it'll... So no video, right? It's all No, audio. yeah, just audio. Uh-huh. Oh. Lots of stuff going on, lots of stuff. How's it going with you guys? Great. Yeah? Yeah. In the middle of the batch here? Yeah, we are. We're making uh, some uh, weeded bourbon right now. Well, this is much quieter. Yeah. <laughs> so beautiful out here. Where are you getting the um, grains from? It's all locally sourced. We work with a, we partner with a local farmer. We source the seed for him. He plants it and combines it. We bring it in. Then we, uh, you know, we mill it, cook it, ferment it, distill it, all right. age it. Yeah, it's a, such a nice setting around here. The uh, the dirt is literally black. You can see it in the farms as you drive on the roads, you know? It's so it's amazing. What makes it black and what advantage is that when you're growing stuff? So it's just a super rich organic soil that was um, originally, it was carved out, this area was carved out by glaciers and then it sat sort of right at the water level so it couldn't be farmed. Drainage ditches had to be put in for the for the land to become farmable. And if you if you walk out there, they also refer to it as, in addition to black dirt, they refer to it as muck or muck land or deep muck. And if you walk through it, you'll literally go up to your knees in some spots in dirt. You can just see how loose and rich it is. It just I think it just adds to flavor and whatever you're growing, whether it's vegetables or the corn for the bourbon. Or onions are popular around here, right? Of course, onions. Yeah, it was originally the uh, onion capital of the of the country. So how did you guys get into making whiskey anyway? Is that Was that something you uh, had any experience with before starting this venture? <laughs> no, I mean, we, we started with fruit spirits, and it just sort of was a natural outgrowth into, you know, gin and then whiskey, and really, uh, I think, uh, just experimentation and wanting to do different and new things is how we got into whiskey, per se. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the fruit uh, spirits are is grappa, right, or... Well, yeah, we grappa would be uh, a pumice brandy made from grape skins, but we also were making or are still making applejack and apple brandy, which is distilled apple juice or apples. Pear brandy, yeah. I love the pear cider. That's awesome. Great. So uh, is that made here, the applejack as well? Yes, the applejack is also made here inside. All right. And did, so did you abandon that other facility or are you still using it for something or what? We predominantly make gin over there and some... Uh, like eau de vies, fruit brandies, but mostly gin at this point. Eau de vie, is eau de vie a different word for grappa or is it different? Eau de vie is water of life and it's a, it's a French term um, basically meaning distilled, it, it, what it has come to mean is a distilled spirit, uh, a clear distilled spirit mostly made from fruit. Right. Um, 
brandy is spe usually specifically tied to grapes, but unless you have the modifier of the fruit in front of it. Okay. But eau de vie is, you know, just another word for brandy. And is this the bottling facility over here? That's our hard cider bottling facility. Oh, okay. oh so this is where the cider is made. Oh, I forgot to ask about your stills. Is it um, continuous? That is uh, a continuous yeah. calm Vendome. And then we have two small pot stills that are made by Christian Carl wow. at the winery location. So two pots, one calm gives us a lot of flexibility. Yeah. Can you talk about how gin is made? It's always a little mysterious to me. Sure. So gin is basically the, the world's original flavored vodka. You, you, know, you start with a, a neutral spirit or a blank canvas, if you will. You add your botanicals, of which the only one legally required is juniper berry. And then typically citrus and coriander are added. Our gin is um, uh, lemon peel, lime peel, coriander, anise, and angelica root, along with the juniper berry. Um, so you, you, there's several ways to make it. I mean, we steep it and then redistill it. Uh, there's compound gin, which is basically just steeped botanicals in the neutral, and then you just filter out the botanicals and bottle it like that. We re redistill re ours. We feel like, you know, it's a higher quality product that way. All right, we're in a Rick house. This is cool. So how many barrels have we got here? Uh, there's about 1,100 barrels in here uh, when it's full. Great. Currently, we're, we have a few um, empty spots, so maybe there's about 900 in here right now. We have another Rick house down the road. It holds uh, 3,000 barrels. Wow. It smells so good in here. Yeah, it's, you can smell some bourbon and smoke. It's really very pleasant. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing how much of the flavor comes from the wood, right? All the color, all the caramel notes, all the butterscotch notes, all of those honey and brown flavors that you associate with whiskey, most of that comes from oak. Yeah. Uh, and the whiskey's interaction with the oak. And then how about um, blending the barrels? That's a, there's an art to that as well. Yeah, we haven't uh, started pulling anything from this rickhouse, but... We envision the having sort of vertical blends. So it's six barrels high in here. So the barrel from the first, second, third, fourth, fifth will all be in one blend together. Right. Uh, versus that way you can control some of the variations that are happening due to temperature change. Because right. the barrels at the top are much warmer than these barrels down here at the bottom. Right, right. Oh, well, that, yeah, that makes sense. So is that what you're planning to do? Maybe six barrel blends? Yeah, I think that that's what we're envisioning in the beginning when we start pulling from here. But, you know, it's all sort of uh, up in the air. Exactly. Yeah. Um, mostly everything within a, in a row is within a few, you know, weeks of each other in age. So this row will become ready all fairly similar at a similar time. Mm. So we could go down the row because there, there will be differentiations in flavor from the outside of the rick to the inside, yeah. um, or we can go up and down. We haven't figured it out yet, yeah. but you know, it's gonna require, that'll be a fun day of tasting. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a few days. Yeah, right. So, so how long uh, will these rest before on average? Well, we're, right now, we. We're going to push for three years, and hopefully in the future we'll get to four years and maybe eventually five years in age. Mm -hmm. But you're using the full-size barrels. Not everybody does. Some people yeah. use a smaller barrel to speed up the process, right? Right. Well, we believe that you know you can't sort of trick the system, if you will. Uh, the The time required for the controlled oxidation through the barrel is re really requires 
you know, time. And the um, small barrels, you can get a lot of the oak characteristic pretty fast, but you don't really increase that oxidation and that interaction that over time. Um, so if you were to leave product in a little barrel for three years, it would be super oaky and, you know, very astringent and have a lot of tannin um, and maybe undesirable where, you know, if three years in a bigger barrel, you get good oak character, you get a lot of the sugars and you get a lot of that, those oxidized notes too. Yeah. It's amazing that this really, nobody's come up with a really better way to do this after all of these years. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people try, uh, we just think that you know time we have the time and so we might as well wait and try to make the best whiskey we can make sounds great and i always wonder about with the uh angel share what's evaporating there always seems like there should be a way to minimize that in some way <laughs> well i guess you could change the atmosphere in the room so that less of it evaporated but then if less of it evaporated you would be getting less aging yeah and less of that shit that shift in temperature and um you know, less in and out of the wood, if you will. But there, there is some advantage to being here where we are, right? With the, because you have a very big temperature swing throughout the year. Right. We, you know, by getting hot and cold seasonally, which is which is great. Um, it also gets hot and cold every day, so you get changes from you know the middle of the day when it's 85 90 degrees to when it goes down to 60 or 50 at night you get certain changes and then you know when you go from zero degrees in the wet winter to 90 degrees in the summer you have those seasonal changes as well so there's definitely an advantage to that right right oh i hadn't even thought about that the temperature swing during the day yeah wow building there's a lot of weight on these on these structures <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of weight on these structures but this particular request was a grain bin so there used to be uh, grain in here, and now there's grain mm -hmm. in here again. It's uh, just yeah. liquid grain versus uh, grain grain. <laughs> and so the floors are the important part, but these floors are designed to hold a lot of weight. Actually, uh, I'm sure Brian wouldn't be opposed to this, but I need to pull some barrel samples. Uh, so maybe we could do that now and let Brian taste some at the sure. same time. Ooh, what do you mean, for? Uh, single barrel program. Oh, you're doing a single barrel? We've done a couple, uh, and we have some other interests, but uh, Aster Wines down in New York picked up the first of the single barrels for their single barrel program. They have two more that they've selected that we'll bottle in the next several months, and there's a few other stores that um, have sort of verbally committed, and we're just getting them samples and going from there. Cool, I love that. I'm going to the store and see, oh, this is the barrel, and these are the, you know, these are the bottles that came out of that barrel. It's really cool right. to see. And what we do, which is a little unique, I think, is we let the account actually pick their proof. Obviously, they can't go higher than what's in the barrel, but they can either keep it at barrel strength or proof it down to a level they find is, uh, the, you know, the best flavor profile for them. Oh, that's, that's really cool. And then are the labels customized? Or? Uh, just a neck, neck, custom neck, so it's still Black Dirt Bourbon. Um, and then we just do a custom neck, say this barrel was hand-selected for XYZ Liquor Store, add their logo, little blurb, you know, about the whiskey, the mash bill, the age, the proof, you know. Do you enjoy drinking a, a, a barrel strength whiskey or? Uh... I, I do, I like over proof whiskeys. I think, I mean, the last barrel strength we did, it was right around 120 proof. A little high for my liking, liking to drink it straight, but you know it is nice if you 
uh, you know, add a nice good sized ice cube and yeah. sort of let it melt a little bit. And then by the time you're done, it might, maybe it's around 90 or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that's, uh, you know, for purists, that's a fun thing to do, you know, taste it straight out of the barrel, right? Right. It, it is. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, you know, there is something to that, just that you're tasting it completely, you know, unadulterated and, um, you know, just the way it was, you know, comes out of the barrel. People do like to see exactly what that tastes like, and they really get very little chance to do that unless they can buy a barrel strength bottle. Yeah, yeah. Or if they come and do a podcast, then they then that's the only other way. <laughs> I've actually never tasted it straight out of the barrel before. Okay, wait. <laughs> there you go. This one is this. This says rye on this barrel. Yep, we do quite a bit of rye. This is black dirt rye. We do um, rye for uh, other producers also, but. Probably about 50% of our production at this point is rye, not all for our own brand, but for other uh, distilleries. And um, the Black Dirt rye is, is going to be probably pretty limited, you know, sold only in New York, but we're going to be. I'm a big fan of rye. <laughs> yeah, rye is, rye is very interesting coming off the still. I think right off the still, it has really unique flavors, a lot of fruity notes to it. Um, if I was gonna drink something clear, I would probably probably go to rye. I like the way the the bourbon develops in the barrel, though. Yeah, I've had um, uh, Dad's Hat uh, unaged rye. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I have not had that one actually. I think the only one I've had is right off the still here, <laughs> as far as clear rye. <laughs> rye grows around here. Oh yeah, it does. So all the corn is grown within, say, a ten mile radius of here. Uh, much of the rye is as well. The only, the only grain that we're not sourcing completely local yet is the malted barley because uh, no one's malting around here. With that said, we're working with our sort of farmers uh, that we're partnering up with and helping them start a malt house. So they do grow barley, they just don't malt it. So now they're going to be malting it. So 100% of our ingredients uh, in the near future will be sourced within a 10-mile radius of the distillery. That's so cool. Love that, man. Why not? There's all these farms around here. Yeah. Yep. And you know, uh, you know, a lot of you speak to farmers, and there's really nothing like it as far as growing in the black dirt. It's uh, it just yields such high flavor profile crops. Removing the bunghole so we can taste what's inside this barrel. This sample here is approximately the same age as the first one, but from the top shelf of the Rick, and it's quite different and uh, more mellow, more um, uh, more caramel, darker color, really good. So July 9th, we're uh, going to be hosting the second annual Straight Up New York uh, New York Spirits event. We'll have 23 distilleries, all New York based, um, where we're going to be featuring products ranging from uh, locally made vodkas, gins, uh, whiskeys, including bourbons, ryes, uh, weeded bourbons, all sorts of whiskey. Um, each distillery is going to be featuring a cocktail and it'll go from 12 to 5 p.m next uh, Saturday, July 9th. We'll have live music as well and food trucks. So it's going to be a good time. So where can people get more information on that? 
Uh, you can buy tickets on our website, either blackdirtdistillery.com or Warwick Valley Winery's website, wvwinery.com. And there'll be directions on there too, right? Yeah, there'll be directions, um, addresses, yeah. And it, it, in addition, I should add, it includes a tour of our distillery, um, if you so choose. All right. Yeah. Sounds like fun. I could stay in here all day. It smells so good. <laughs> well, thanks for showing me all this. I thanks appreciate it. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Short and sweet this week. If you get over to bartenderjourney.net, you can see some pictures I took there at the distillery and uh, find links and uh, find out about that festival they were talking about and all kinds of things at bartenderjourney.net. I am so super busy these days. I've been working uh, behind the bar 60 hours a week, and I ha- I'm competing in the Real McCoy cocktail competition in Newport, Rhode Island next week, Monday and Tuesday. And that's uh, the middle of July, and then the week after that will be Tales of the Cocktail. That I'll be down there for uh, seven days, eight days, seven days, and uh, looking forward to that. So uh, lots of stuff coming up to record and uh, to tell you about, and uh, I'll, be, I'll be doing cocktail in the country with Gaz, Gary Regan. Uh, that's a fun thing to do. If you don't know about it, I'll put a link also on bartenderjourney.net along with the posting that goes with this show, number 170. And uh, that's a two-day intensive bartending course with the great Gaz. And uh, you stay overnight and most of your meals are provided. And it's a, it's only $250, which uh, with overnight accommodations and meals and uh, all these uh, and two days with Gaz. It's great. Amazing. My, my uh, club where I work is uh, actually going to pay for it for me, so it's working out really well. After that, August 21st, I believe, is the date of Sunday for three days. I'm doing something called Bar Methods, and that's a uh, three-day course in Manhattan, three nights hotel included, all all of your meals, and three days of intensive uh, bartending classes, and I think they might still have some room uh, left in that. Uh, you can find out. I'll put links to that on bartenderjourney.net if I can find some information. It's called Bar Methods, and there may still be space for that. That's $175. <laughs> it's obviously uh, subsidized by some brands, but uh, what a bargain. You probably couldn't stay in that hotel for one night for $175, so uh, I'll be there three days, or three nights, and uh, learning a lot, and hopefully I'll get to record some stuff to share with you there at that time as well. So uh, that's going to do it for Bartender Journey podcast this week. Uh, remember to go to uh, bartenderjourney.net for all things Bartender Journey. You can also f- find the Facebook page by searching for Bartender Journey. You can uh, find me on Twitter. It's Barkeep Tips. And f- feel free to email me for any reason at all. It's uh, Well, you can go to bartenderjourney.net on the contact page. That's probably the easiest way to do it. Uh, or feel free feel free to email me, brian at bartenderjourney.net. All right, we'll talk to you next time on Bartender Journey.